Hello and welcome back. My name is Luke and you're listening to another episode of the Next Stage podcast by Web Summit. The UK has left the EU. Now what? Michel Barnier, the European Commission's head of the UK task force, is charged with handling the separation proceedings and gives us an in-depth look at what we can expect for Europe in the near future. What a pleasure to be with all of you this morning. It's the very first time in my life I am on the same stage as uh, Vladimir Klitschko, Eric Cantona, and uh, Ronaldinho. It is a privilege. It could be uh, also a risk. Ladies and gentlemen, you are all here to discuss and shape our future, the future of our lives and the future of our continent. And this future will be shaped by multiple trends, one of which is this extraordinary and complex negotiation I have the honor to conduct on the behalf of the European Union for the last three years. Because Brexit is not only about a divorce between the EU and the UK, with so many consequences, so many underestimated consequences, it's also about building a new partnership with the UK, a new partnership that benefits citizens and new companies working in and with the UK. A new partnership that fosters stability on our continent. Here, let me share a personal story with you. I spent 10 years of my life, a long time ago, organizing the Winter Olympics in Albertville, in my home region of Savoy, in the Alps, climbing and mountain. 10 years of work for 16 days. That's a good training for Brexit. But this experience had taught me one thing. Solving any problem in your personal life or in your professional life becomes a lot easier once you put it into perspective once you look beyond the immediate horizon. And that's what I have been doing since the very first day of my current mission on Brexit. So what is our perspective beyond Brexit? First, first, peace on the island of Ireland. Second, protecting our single market which is our biggest asset in today's world, the reason for which we are respected in Beijing or in Washington, an ecosystem on which your economy success is built, an ecosystem that goes far beyond, far beyond a free trade area. And third, building a future relationship together with the UK not against the UK, not without the UK. And I trust the UK will choose the same path after its general election on 12th of December. Let me say a few words about the divorce, about the past before moving to the future. 
On the 17th of October, we reached an agreement with Boris Johnson and the UK government. The same day, the 27 EU leaders endorsed this agreement. Once ratified, it will bring certainty to all the uncertainty created by Brexit, as any divorce created uncertainty. Certainty for European citizens in the UK and British nationals in the EU. 4.5 million people. Citizens have always been our priority and we agreed to protect their rights for life. Certainty for all those who benefit from projects funded by the EU budget. Local and national authorities, farmers, startups or civil society actors in the 27 member states and in the UK. We agreed that the financial commitments taken at 28 will be honored at 28. Certainty for all those people and businesses concerned by the many other separation topics. Just one example. If you live in the EU and you have purchased something on a UK website, you probably have exchanged your personal data with UK businesses. What happens to your personal data in the UK after Brexit? Why will this data still be protected by strict EU rules? In this withdrawal agreement, we agreed that for the processing of this data, the UK will ensure a level of protection equivalent, equivalent to that under EU law. And finally, our agreement includes a transition period, which was respected by the British government. It will give businesses time to adapt until the end of 2020, and perhaps one or two years more, up until the end of 2022, in case of a joint agreement between the UK and the EU. Ladies and gentlemen, in this Wildo agreement, we also had to bring certainty to Ireland and Northern Ireland. Let me be frank. Until now, no one, no one, has ever managed to explain to me the added value of Brexit. And the place, ladies and gentlemen, where Brexit creates the greatest risks and problems is the island of Ireland. Here, we are not only speaking about economy and trade. We are talking about people. What is at stake is peace and stability. And peace is still recent in this region. It came back in 1998 with the Good Friday Belfast Agreement based, based on the absence of an hard border on the island. So we had to, and we did agree, on a legally operative solution to reconcile four objectives. No hard border between South and North in Ireland, preserving the whole island economy, three, protecting the integrity of the EU 27 single market, your single market, ensuring 
that Northern Ireland remains in the UK's customs territory, which was extremely important to Prime Minister Boris Johnson. And to be frank, discussions were at times difficult. At the end, we spent not, no less than uh, five days and five nights in the same uh, negotiating room. But together, we have delivered. Together, we found a solution to the unique situation on the island of Ireland, a solution that protects businesses and consumers in the EU single market, and a solution that also protects the constitutional integrity of the UK. Ladies and gentlemen, the EU and the UK have reached an agreement, and for the first time ever, the House of Commons has approved the deal two weeks ago. But it has not yet completed its ratification, so the UK asked us for more time to ratify this agreement and also more time to organize general elections. And the EU27 agreed to give more time until end of January next year for the UK to do so. Brexit is a school of patience. Brexit is a school of tenacity. And even with, when our deal will be ratified, that will not be the end of the story. We need to keep in mind that the orderly withdrawal is a step, a necessary step. It is not a destination. We have a second, much more task to rebuild after the UK withdrew a new partnership with the UK, which will remain, in any case, our friend, our ally, and our partner. We already agreed on the framework of this new partnership, and we want it to be ambitious for trade in goods, for services and investment, for data protection, for transport and energy, for fisheries, for judicial and police cooperation in criminal matters, for foreign policy, security and defense, and so many other areas. Let me say a few words on the two pillars of this future relationship, the economic partnership and the strategic partnership. On the first one, our economic and trading partnership, I know that this negotiation will be difficult and demanding. For one reason, the time will be extremely short 11 months if the UK withdraw effective on the end of January next year and if the transition period ends as currently foreseen at the end of 2020. And because our and the UK starting points are not necessarily the same, the UK might want to be able to diverge for EU rules in a peak and mixed approach by economic sector. And on our side, the EU 
will require strong guarantees for a level playing field across the board. There will be more economic competition, okay, between the EU and the UK, and that is normal. But the EU will not tolerate unfair competitive advantage. Uh, Boris Johnson said he wants a best-in-class free trade agreement. What does uh, best mean? For us, it means a free trade agreement whose aim is not only economic and financial profit with zero tariffs and zero quotas, but which all is also in the interest of the people on their environment and their living standards. That is why the level of ambition of our future free trade agreement will be commensurate with the level playing field we achieve on social and environmental rights, state aid and tax matters. In other words, the UK should not think that zero tariff, zero quotas will be enough. The EU will insist on zero tariff, zero quotas, zero dumping. Let me finally be clear on one point, ladies and gentlemen. As long as we have not completed both negotiations with the UK, the withdrawal agreement and the future relation, the risk of a cliff edge remains. And we should all remain vigilant we should all remain vigilant and prepared to that possible outcome. But if we manage to complete this negotiation in the short time we have, then I believe that future regeneration will look at this negotiation in a more positive way or in a less negative way. They might agree with me that Brexit is lose-lose, definitively, but hopefully, they might also say, in this difficult context, we managed to preserve the essential friendship with UK, cooperation with UK, and joint ambition for a better future. Thank you very much for your attention. Thanks for listening. Web Summit 2020 is right around the corner, so be sure to check out websummit.com forward slash tickets for more info.